Hello, future editing Melissa here. I just wanted to jump on and give a quick intro. This was recorded live when we talked about pricing on our Instagram. So you guys submitted questions and we went a little bit more in depth to give you our experience with adjusting pricing, setting prices, etc. So we do hope to do more lives in the future. Um, we want to get in touch with you guys more. We want to have conversations. So hopefully you'll tune in to our next live. Enjoy the episode. All right. Good morning. So I'm Melissa. And I'm Demi. And we are currently live on Instagram. We are. And we're also going to be recording this as an episode for the Beauty Beast podcast. So a yes. little bit of both. Yes. We don't always go live with microphones and headphones. Yes. Yeah. yeah. To be clear, this is only our setup when we upload separately. So um, to be clear, Theodore really wanted to be a part of the live too. So he's here. Yes. So if you ever hear us laughing in our podcast about Theodore, this is Theodore. It is this is him. He's he has the unofficial, severe FOMO. Severe FOMO. The unofficial third member of the podcast. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, so I think let's jump right into our first our first question. Yeah. So, well, for those of you who don't know, we're going live today to discuss all things pricing for your beauty services, whether it's nails or hair or anything like that. Um, I did a poll and it was, oh, you might want to turn the sound off just so. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> I'm going back and forth between the two trying to load. Um, we did a poll on my Instagram to see what topic everyone wanted and pricing was the clear winner. Yes. So we are here to talk about pricing and we did get a few questions. Um, Please feel free as we discuss to ask any questions. Um, we are monitoring them and we'll go back and look at them um, and try to talk about them as much as we can yeah. throughout it. So, all right, question number one, Demi. Yeah, question number one. How often do you raise your prices and how do you determine how much? Well, I can go first. I typically will raise my prices at least once a year, depending on how everything is. Um, right now, we're kind of in a crazy economic time, as we all know. Um, I just did my last price increase, I want to say last August or September, and I'm kind of toying with possibly doing another one because things life is expensive right now. So. Yes. Yeah, so I think that that is a question. You well, you answered exactly how I kind of feel. Um, I think yearly is the most important, right? Because yearly, mm -hmm. for sure, things go up each year. Um, so I think at least one price increase a year is the most realistic. However, with that being said, considering the economy, um, you sometimes have to increase more than once a year. I think bi-yearly is the most realistic. I think anything past that, you almost are starting to edge on a point of, it's a little hard on the clients too, if they're constantly not knowing. Right. If in the, you know, let's say with you booking quarterly, right? So I think once you exceed two price increases a year, imagine if your clients are booking quarterly and each quarter they're like, all right, is it going to be even more expensive the next time. Well, and I think if you feel the need to do it more than once or twice a year, you need to reevaluate what your new right. prices are as well, because 
maybe you're not, that's like a clue to me that you're not raising them enough. Exactly. And as far as how to determine the pricing, um, Theo's really pouring it on, like sitting with us here. Um, how to determine the pricing. We've actually all applied the formula that Melissa first found now. Yes. Um, which so, we will share. Yeah. And we can actually use Allie as a great example because she's in the process of, of building her business as we speak. And so I'm just circling back to make sure we have no questions on there too. Um, she's in the process of building her business. She just got licensed. So even for her, despite just getting licensed, we had her fill out the same exact stuff. So she could see it's it. the formula focuses in not just on your product costs, but also your life expen- mm-hmm. expenses, whether it be your rent, whether it be your mortgage, any of those things. So you really need a baseline. I actually think Allie's a great example to use in a situation like today because she's like, okay, but I don't even know where to price myself to start. Right. And I said, right, like we are in the process of figuring that out for you, with you, but we need to know what your life expenses are first to help determine what we need that to be. Exactly. So you kind of do need to settle on what do I need to make to survive, right? Because the purpose of you doing this is to make a living. So that's almost like your baseline. And then you increase from there based off of one experience to, mm-hmm. you know, your product cost going up. Um, three demands and, and I mean when you think about it a lot of corporate jobs you get a raise of what is it like two to five percent per year mm-hmm. you should be giving yourself a raise each year as well um, you know like like we said before like life is very expensive right now so you very should... expensive exactly I mean what was it? Eggs were like $12 a carton or yeah, that was aggressive crazy, for a little some while. crazy stuff. So, you know, you have to accommodate for that. And, you know, if any of your clients have an issue with that, then to me, I would just be like, well, you know, it is, life is expensive, you know? Yeah. And I, mean, I actually think this bridges into another question. So I feel like maybe we can yeah, read we, that off and yes. kind of marry the two together. Yes. Because another one of the questions was, what is the best and professional way to inform clients of the service price increases? Um, I think currently right now is a really great example of like, nobody's going to be not understanding of that. Right. But I think right now is a great example of how you have to kind of toe into it gently, not gently in the way of like being like too passive, but in the sense that we're not just giving ourselves a raise currently. We're also reflecting the stress that is the economy. So we, have to remember that our clients are stressed too, like when it comes to finances right now. So for my price increase at the beginning of the year, sorry, we need to because he's really just making it too much about him. Um, So like when I did my first price increase this year, I knew we were coming off the holidays. We were coming off of a stressful season. Um, Just economically for everybody after spending. And it was just something I think we both can agree. We heard a lot from our clients this year. Agreed. So what I did was I gave my clients the month of January to prepare. So everybody I saw in January, I said, listen, just to give you the heads up, your next visit in with me, you're going to see an increase. Here's what the increase is going to be. And moving forward from that, now you know what to expect. And I think it landed a lot better. 
Yeah, and usually when I have, oh gosh. Oh, wow. Theo is very passionate. He is just, <laughs> like we said, making it. Um, when Whenever I do a price increase, because I have, my booking system requires, it doesn't require email, but I tell my clients that it requires an email. So I have all of their emails um, and I can send out like an email blast. So I just kind of put in rem- any reminders, anything like that into my email. And it's like, hey, just so you know, as of whatever the date is, these are the following services that are going to have a price increase. Um, and then I list the service and the new prices. Um, now, inevitably, especially right now, if you raise your prices, you could and typically will experience like losing mm-hmm. some clients. Like, don't For sure. Get, and you shouldn't get scared of that because for every client that you lose, hopefully you'll gain at least one to two more that are willing to pay those new prices. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just, that's normal. Don't be scared of it. I mean, I think you and I both always still like have that kind of like stomach falling into our knees. Yeah. It's when always, we do that. yes. And it's always scary. And I think honestly too, because we, we both started in the industry and have been like kind of writing our wrongs in yes. a way through the time of building. Right. Yes. So that's something that's super important that like we talk about, even with the girls starting off in our salon, when they're starting their business to begin with, um, have that very clear relationship to start when it comes to increases, collecting emails to ensure they're, you know, they're aware of the increases, knowing what to expect moving forward. And I think if you start that relationship immediately or as quickly as you can with your clients, doing the price increases feels a lot less scary because it's already a topic that they're familiar with and you're familiar with talking to them about. And I feel like if you make it more comfortable from the beginning of your relationship with that client, it never becomes something that gives you that pit in your stomach feeling. Right. For us, it's kind of like, I don't want to say we're going backwards, but in a way, maybe it is kind of like we're maybe not going backwards. That's probably not the right wording. It's, it's like we still have that pit in our stomach feeling sometimes because we came from a product of like not really being taught like any sort of formula when it came right. to our pricing. Like that is a, a new, newer thing. Newer I would say thing. in like the last five years. Yeah. Well, so. and I feel like we're both now at that point where most of our clients have been with us for so long too. We're like, oh, I hope I don't lose any of them. Yeah. Because it's like, like a we breakup. genuinely love like, them so much. Yeah. Like a genuine breakup. Like a, I mean, yeah. I mean, it it happens, I mean, and you have to expect that, especially right now, because, I mean, like we've said, life is just freaking expensive, Mm -hmm. and that's kind of... Which is why I think I used the example that I did kind of talk to my clients in person this time, um, because I knew it wasn't just coming from a place of giving myself a raise this year, and I knew that it was coming from a place that we had to do the increase, and it had to be probably a little bulkier than expected just to carry the compensation for the product cost alone. Yeah. Um, And because of that, I just felt like I wanted to, like, explain it and honestly I worked it up so much in my own head because when I would explain it they were like well everything's going up I wouldn't have not expected you to go up too so I was like 
okay, well, in my mind, this was a lot more dramatic than it was. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And then you'll eventually get to that point. Cause I think now, I think even recently, one of my clients was like, are your prices going up soon? Cause don't you usually give yourself a raise every year? And I'm like, how do you know what I do with my life? Like, you're not the boss of me. Which then that just gave me like such a lady boner. I know. To like, dirty oh to my me. God. <laughs> yes. Dream client. It's true. Um, okay. Let's tackle right. the next one. Cause I feel like we kind of bridged those together. Um, okay. So I feel like let's actually add this one in because it almost ties in too. Okay. So if you're someone starting out, should your prices be lower because of lack of experience and how much lower? Ooh, I love this one. question because just on Friday we were working on Allie's pricing. So right. literally we just had a talk with her on Friday about this. Well, and for those of you who don't know, Allie is one of is Bella's assistant yes at at the the salon salon and then she works with me like certain Saturdays or certain days um you know Rochelle or Maddie are out and she has been going to school working two jobs and she just got licensed yes so she is newly licensed newly entering the industry yes Yes. So we're, we're working to set her up for success. So we are doing like, we have a certain structure that we're starting her with that will ease her straight into becoming a business owner on her own and becoming a renter from us because we, the plan that we have set out, we're actually really excited to kind of see it come to fruition because I really think it's going to be amazing for her. But this exact topic came up in talking, um, with her about it. I do not think that you should underprice yourself. However, with that being said, you need to be at a price that offers an increase. So it's a very tricky thing. Now this goes back to why we had her do that formula at home before anything else. While we will have her at starting prices because she's a new talent, we still have to make sure she's surviving, right? So that number Mm -hmm. can't be just falling out of the sky. We need to know that she's making enough money to pay for her life expenses. And that's just something that's super important. Um, If you just stop petting him, he'll finally be extra. You can keep petting him, but he's an attention whore. So he he will just... Until you stop. It's and I really love toxic. Him the attention. I mean, do it. Live your best life. He'll just be on your shoulder in two seconds. <laughs> um, but so with Allie, she did that formula first. So we knew what her life expenses looked like. Then we took kind of what my starting prices, which were not really great to have as reflective because we're talking 10 years ago. And then Bella pulled in what her starting prices were. So we kind of were like, okay, new talent pricing. We know the window. Then we looked at Bella and Mai's pricing because they line up pretty close. And we said, we want her to have enough space for, in my opinion, two increases a year for the first few years because Mm -hmm. you're starting a little bit lower but the ideal plan is you're going to start building quickly enough that two increases a year are pretty realistic Mm -hmm. my goal is to have her probably on a two increase a year for the first two to three years and then hopefully we can transition her over to one right so i do think you need Mm -hmm. to have the space for growth I don't think you should undervalue yourself, but I think what's important is in your area, you need to know what the average cost is, right? Yes. And even you can do a little bit of research. Now what's great about like 
online and you know online I sound like an old lady (laughs) but the internet is you can go to other salons and you can see okay what is their starting talent price at right and get kind of like a good idea of like the general pricing in your area so you can have a better idea of how to value yourself too I don't think it hurts at all when you're in the very beginning of building to for sure price yourself similarly to those working in your area right I know that's kind of like a well and also to your prices should be a little lower because Mm -hmm. I feel like if you are charging let's be honest if you're just starting out you're not giving like nine times out of ten I shouldn't say you're not but like most times it's not the same service as somebody let's say with 10 15 years experience in the industry is giving so like i remember when i was first starting out with nails you know i had to do every service like acrylic gel everything let me tell you my acrylic nails within a week boop right off yeah i couldn't be charging you know, $90 for a full set when in a week, boop, they're going to pop off. Like that's not the same quality of service as somebody in the industry who's been doing it for 20 years and has it down pat. So I do think that you have to be a little lower because with a higher price also be like comes like greater expectations for your clients. Um, like if I'm walking into a salon and I'm paying a hundred dollars for a gel pedicure, let me tell you in a week, not a single one of my gel toes should be popping off. But if I go to a salon and it's a newer person and it was only 20 bucks for a pedicure, well, you know, like I caught a good deal. You get what you get. I didn't have the hundred dollars to spend. I had the 20 and whatever. Yes. So I think with that expectation, you should start out a little bit lower because it gives like I guess from like a client point of view it's there's a little bit of gray area and it's a little bit of okay well it was only x amount for this service. I think it almost ties into the saying charge your worth yeah and one that makes I think a lot of our eyes twitch when we hear it at times because I hate it it's just a made-up saying but Actually, I do think it kind of, it does tie into charge your worth, Mm. right? So the hard part and the hard pill to swallow is when you're beginning, you still have a lot to learn. We still have a lot to learn and we're still learning as we go. I mean, look at, I didn't even know how to start a live today. I just learned that. (laughs) So, but, so it, it kind of goes back to that exact saying though. So if you're straight out of hair school and you're still learning, right? So you are, let's, give a great example on the hair side of things and this could tie into either side it's really either okay side. so i get an appointment for a partial foil right mm-hmm. they send me the picture of their hair now you as a new stylist what are you going to do you're going to talk to your colleagues about it you're going to ask people that you trust formulation wise you're going to ask advice what placement should i do what should i do with this what should i do with that and as you should because you're new and you're learning as you're going mm-hmm. right well With that being said, if you need, you're always going to ask advice throughout the years, but if you need to lean into other people when it comes to your placement or your formulation or things like that, that should dictate to you that you should be a little lower than the people that you're asking that advice from because you still are in a place of learning. So when that customer pays new talent pricing, 
they're under the impression that they're not going to be as hard on what the finished product is in comparison to if you come to a seasoned stylist mm-hmm. and they're charging a seasoned stylist pricing. Right. And then if I provide starting work, they're going to be like, uh, what? Right. Like, you know, so I do think there has to be a difference between the two. New talent pricing, I think, is great because it, it gives you the opportunity to have your client know coming into you that you're new talent. Yes. And so they're excited to let you learn with them. Now, some of them may be coming to you for that good deal. And that's why I think it's important when it comes to new talent that you do that that two times a year you right. know, increase because by doing it twice a year, you kind of sift out those people that are coming to you just for the good deal as you start to hone in on your craft and perfect it. Because to be honest, six months in, if you're really putting in the work, mm-hmm. you're starting to get more experience. So it makes sense for you to raise your prices. And six months after that, you've now had 365 days in this industry, Absolutely. which means your work should have increased within that year, meaning your value of the work should go up. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent. So I hope that clearly answered that question. <laughs> Yeah, got a little passionate. <laughs> we did. We got little, we, that happens. <laughs> of course. Okay. So I think those are great because they kind of like went right into each other. So let's yes. jump into the next thing. Should a nail tech evaluate possible price increases? Oh, wait. No. Please hold. <laughs> it's Demi's first day reading. Just kidding. It is. Hello. Um... Well, I think we kind of just answered this one, too. That's why I was reading it. Wait, what is it? Should a nail tech evaluate possible price increases annually, biannually, or every other year? So yeah, we started... We kind of tackled all four, four of, of these so, all at the same time. Right, so if you're just kind of tuning in, again, I say at least bare minimum annually. Annually, annually is a must. Um, I think biannually is, again, I see biannually based off of the economy, A, and if you're just beginning building is yeah. the other thing too. Well, and I think just because you reevaluate your pricing structure, because mm-hmm. I do look at mine um, at least twice a year, but sometimes most like it's still on point. Yes. So you can reevaluate your pricing structure. Like say you're noticing your costs are going up or you feel like you're spending more. Look at your pricing structure and make sure that you are covering those costs. Yes. Um, but you might see, okay, well, I'm still paying the same for all of my product and supplies, but maybe I'm going a little too heavy on the nail art stuff. Yeah. Um, and I need to cut back like, frivolous business spending so you know I always kind of look at it but sometimes I only raise my prices once a year I really I think we talked about this in our price increase episode too um, but I was just actually touching on it with Allie again Allie's like the star of she is the show. star <laughs> um, uh, she's actually coming with me to go to the supply store oh, right nice. after here so she can start to familiarize herself even more But I was telling her and I tell uh, like the girls at the salon, you've probably heard me saying it, Mm -hmm. use the apps as a tool. Like at least for me, I'm a very visual person. So when I go into a store, it's so easy to not see the price and be like, like grabbing things off the shelf. 
I love the apps for our, our supply stores, and I'm sure you can agree with ordering oh, yeah. online. It's so good because you can see the prices right in front of your face going up. So yes. like I can see that a month ago I bought shades at six fifty four, whatever it would be, and then this week I go to – I'm just throwing out random numbers, by the way, but uh, I – go to order again and I see that it's at almost seven dollars so then I say okay wait and then Mm -hmm. that also helps you with overspending on your orders too because I think that like we all want a surplus of everything I mean look at Melissa just purged her her polish drawers (laughs) but before that she was like I think I need another set of drawers and I'm the worst friend to have because I'm like you should get one we'll move everything around (laughs) buy everything you should (laughs) but when you start to see those price increases you start to think a little bit more about your formulations or what you're buying too so you know now you're not going to want to over mix if you're on the stylist side of things um you're thinking twice before you make that four ounce total formula. You s- start with that maybe two or three ounce formula and see if you have to exceed to four. Um, this kind of pivoted off of that question, but I also think you you need to have base amounts. Um, that's yeah. something I talk to the girls about a lot too. What's your base formula amount? So I know for my root retouches, cause I use Goldwell. So anybody familiar with Goldwell when it comes to hair formulation, if you get the larger, um, cans of color, it's like a, a canister based right, thing. It's yeah. really cool. So you like pump your, um, I'm sorry, that hand motion probably might have just gotten us canceled <laughs> off of this. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to stop talking with my hands. <laughs> you fill your, um, it's like a test tube. So you fill your test tube with your developer first. So let's say I do 40 milliliters of developer, and then I'm doing 40 of color. So my total retouch, my base retouch is an 80 ounce or 80 mils for whatever formula and whatever version of that because i'm not on the science side of things <sighs> um that's what my base is right so if i mix more i charge more and that's what i was mm-hmm. telling the girls too when you mix shades because we use shades in the salon okay so i'm normally a three ounce formula so ounce and a half of color to ounce and a half of developer when i go to four ounces when i go to five ounces well, five ounces is almost double that. So I should be charging double the formula. So you have to remember you need those base starting points yeah. to know how to build past that. Right. And I guess on like the nail side of things, I see a lot of nail techs that charge more for longer lengths. Um, I personally do not charge more for longer lengths. And I only do this because I factor in all of my prices at the longer length. So if that makes sense. So I'm using more product, more polish, more gel, more top coat for those long extension nails or medium to long lengths because that's mostly of what my clients have. I base my prices off of those. So therefore, you know, I don't need to charge more for a longer length because I've already factored that in. For me, that works. Um, 
The other thing you do too, I don't mean to cut you off. No, you're fine. I'm going to tell you what you do. <laughs> um, but I, Melissa always really works to, and I hear her talking to her clients in the salon all the time about this, works off of their natural nails. I yes. know she even does it for mine. Um, but that's my length. That's mine. All mine. And Melissa really encourages rather than extension of nails, trusting the process of letting your natural nails grow out to the length that you want. And so I think that probably factors in too, right? So you're not always building out nails. Right. So yes, for sure. That definitely helps. But then some of my clients have really long nails and some of my clients have really short nails. And on like the accounting side of that, it all kind of factors out and I'm still making money either way. So I base my prices on the longer nail clients because my clients are all medium to longer kind of nails. So I don't have a lot of like super short nails like me because I never have time to new line. Yeah. If I knew how to do nails, I would. She fired me after one pedicure. Yeah, now Demi we just my... go together. Yeah, to get Demi did my pedicure once. She's like, I have a hair license. I can totally do this. Maybe, possibly. <laughs> it wasn't good. It was like a two-hour pedicure. Yeah, it was. Oh. And then we're like, we'll just go somewhere. Talk about charging your worth. I charged her nothing. So there you go. <laughs> um, oh, I love this question too, because this is something that I actually think is an important one too that I pass down uh, advice on. Uh, and I keep for myself price per hour versus price per service. Oh, that's like, oh, I see a lot of people charging by the hour now. Yes. In the nail world, I personally do not charge per by the hour. hour. Um, and I don't do this because, you know, I. I've streamlined my services so much now that most of my services are like at the max. Like if they're doing like crazy art or anything, they're about an hour and a half and I would be losing money because I looked into it for myself. Um, And so I don't charge by the hour. I charge by the service. I agree. I charge by the service too. However, when I saw this question, I immediately, my, you know, I dinged because this is something that I do talk about, at least on the hair side. And I think on both sides, yeah, you both should sides. still know what you want your hourly rate to be because right. that has to do with how you factor in what your pricing is. So, what do you want your hourly wage to be is a very important topic. And like for the hairstylist side of things, it's actually something that even if you don't charge hourly, sometimes on the colorist side, you sometimes will have to switch to hourly if you're like in a corrective service or something like that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's easier with a, a, a situation that you're in a color correction to shift over to hourly. I see a lot of girls who are service based, like priced, off of their service until it comes to uh, a consultation for corrective color. And I actually don't disagree with that because corrective color, sometimes it is good to to charge hourly because you don't know what you're you're heading or trudging into. Um, But I say the part of knowing what you want to charge your hourly rate to be because like for me, I double and triple book. So I could see two to three clients an hour. So... On average, if I'm doing a partial foil, I can do a partial foil in 
45 minutes at most, but nine times out of 10, I'm finishing at like 30. So I usually have 15 minutes of like a window Mm -hmm. to mix and consult and everything like that. So if I have a partial foil cut and blow, let's just say I've double booked my myself that day and I have two partial foil cut and blow dries. Melissa sees how I work. So I finished that one partial. She's sitting underneath the dryer and then I finished my second partial and now she's sitting underneath the dryer. So those two partial foil cut and blow dries could total out three and a half hours of my time. However, I'm still hitting what I want to hit hourly because I'm charging right. two people a partial foil cut and blow dry right. service total price. So even though I'm doing two smaller services, those two smaller services filling in that one hour, or, you know, three hours gets me to my same hourly goal. Does that make sense, like how I'm describing it? I hope. Well, and when we say your hourly goal, that's not your service price either. No, right. Your service price, remember, should encompass all of your expenses. It includes your rent if you're a booth renter. It includes your product, like all of your files, your buffers, your color, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. It includes your health insurance if, like, I am on my spouse's health insurance. However, you know, Demi pays her own health insurance. So that's factored into her pricing. Right. You know, what all of those things should be factored into your pricing. And then once those get taken out, you know, what is your hourly hourly wage? And with my formula too, I still, despite owning, you know, the salon with my husband, we factor in what we charge everybody for a booth rental into my charge because Mm -hmm. I still contribute and it sounds so weird, but it's the best way to kind of break it down. So even as an owner, I recommend that if you're still doing both owning a salon, Mm -hmm. that's totally separate from what your pricing should exist at. Your services should be broken down the same way. And honestly, you should include that in because you never know what could happen. Right. Right. And so Potentially, if if some I could start having to carry more of the rental load myself if you know multiple people leave. Right. Well, and so I still we look at it like I put in that money for my booth rental myself, so it helps me pricing too. You right. shouldn't not put that in if you happen to be the salon owner is what my whole point is because at some point you could very well need to be in the position even if all of your booth renters put you in the green you could be in a position at some point that that might not be the case so what if all your booth renters left the next day right exactly so you don't want to be in a position if that happens that you didn't put your booth rental price into your pricing structure and now you're not charging people enough and you're not going to be able to carry the weight of that right so yeah so your hourly rate should be factored into your cost per service as well. Like yeah. what you want to make per hour to cover all of your, you know, your personal rent, your groceries and things like that. That mm-hmm. is like your actual take home pay, your yeah. payroll taxes or whatever your taxes are in your, however you do those that should all be in your service pricing. Yeah. It was interesting. I felt like for a little while, um, at least on social media, on the hair side of things, like hourly pricing became very popular about like two, three years ago, I would say. I saw it a lot in the nail world. Yeah. And then it kind of just died down. 
I still see it from time to time and it always like I'm so intrigued by it because like I said I see a lot of um nail techs doing it who I don't want to say that they're slower but they work at a slower pace like mm-hmm. the art that they do is like so intricate so intricate and so perfect and you know they'll take like two, three hours on a set, which there's nothing wrong with that. As long as you're booked and busy, like who cares how long it takes? Like everyone has a, you know, a place a different, yeah, in, structure. in the industry. Um, so if I was doing that, I could definitely see like pricing per hour would make more sense. But because like I said, I work a little bit quicker and I don't do character art or anything like that. Um, it just, it doesn't make sense for me personally. I think you really have to make sure that you know your clientele. So yes. I don't think that's really like an answer either one of us could give because yeah. I know for our clientele, hourly wouldn't work. I think yeah. both of our clients, because we share a lot of clients too. Yeah, we do share a lot look of at clients. It, look at us and be like, hourly? Like, because <laughs> to be honest, like I think for our clients... There is a value to getting um, the service done in like right like a like they don't want to sit for two to three hours right. Like if I like, told my client if my client sat for two to three hours, they'd be like, "Girl, what exactly the hell." Yeah, like our clients enjoy spending time with us, but enjoy being done with their service yes. at a realistic point they so got they shit can to continue do. with their day. A lot of our clients are moms and working moms at that. Um, you know, they're cr- coming like just after work, they're yeah. already tired. or on their lunch break yeah. like they don't want to see us for longer than they need to and yeah. that's not anything in a, that we take as an offense. So for us, I don't think hourly would work cuz I think they would almost shit a brick when they heard hourly. Yeah. thinking that <laughs> They'd be like, hourly, you're going to keep me here for two hours? <laughs> so I think it that is really based off of the type of services you provide, your clientele yourself of what works best for you, and then mm. deciding which route would work better. My personal opinion, I don't know for me if that would help me understand and see... Um, like the breakdown as well as being on the service-based side of pricing. I personally like the service-based, but again, that's what works for me. So you really have to know yourself. You have to know your market. You know, that's why pricing is never like a one-size-fits-all kind of topic um, because what we charge here in South Florida is going to be really different than what they charge Mm -hmm. in rural Mississippi yeah which is why I think that like I I have noticed like a few times with questions not just from today but like um sometimes like even when I did my price increase I I got a few dms on my side of like what my pricing is right so like I have no problem sharing what my pricing is but sharing it in a location that's not Florida is really not indicative of the same thing where in comparison like I was talking to like uh, somebody in our area and she was asking me my pricing because we kind of sit within the same structure Mm -hmm. and within the same pricing window um so she was like okay I'm pretty much where you are and we are just talking back and forth and I said 
I know because I have gotten feedback sometimes that I'm a little lower than other people in my area. Mm-hmm. Now, I like a certain type of client. Right. I don't <laughs> like a different type of client. <laughs> and Melissa knows what I'm talking about, but um, I really enjoy like a down to earth, mm-hmm. normal clientele. I um, love if you are decked out from head to toe and designer. But that doesn't mean that I need the richest clients. Do you get what right. I'm saying? So, like, I think it's also about, like, finding your clientele that your energies match. So, I think remembering, like, what would you like to pay for the same service you're providing? So, right. if you're looking to have people that are kind of, like, within your wavelength of thinking, think about what you'd like to pay. I think that's actually a really good way to measure what type of clientele you would want now if i'm decked out from head to toe and i don't mind paying you know four hundred dollars because i kind of live that type of lifestyle then that's where my pricing structure should be if that's the type of client i want Mm -hmm. to attract if that makes sense too yeah definitely i mean yeah i don't have anything else to add to that yeah, or I if I did, that, I just drew a blank. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I I always keep that in mind when I do my pricing structure, and I think you do somewhat too. Yeah, like, for sure. Like, I, I adore all of my clients that I have, and I don't want to price them out, but I also think finding that balance because, again, you know, we – our business owners we have lives you might have kids you might have pets you might want to go on all of these different vacations or do home improvement projects like we have to live as well so if one day circumstances like i would need to increase my prices and price some of them out like would it make me sad yeah but you know what i I have to make a living too. Right. So I can only feel guilty up to a yeah. certain point. I, I guess my one thing is, and I hope I didn't when in my point, I didn't encourage anybody to emotionally discount people. <laughs> I think my point is, is knowing about like what type of clientele you want to attract. And, and that's just, even like with our salon, I don't yeah. think we appeal to all types of South Floridians. No, we, we don't. are a little bit more of a laid back vibe. So that's the type of clientele we appeal yeah. to more. Like then sometimes a different type of clientele comes in and they visit once or twice. And then yes. they're like, this was really fun. We don't get a lot of Boca clientele. Nothing okay. against Boca Well, clientele. she said it. I so now that it. she finally said it, I will say Melissa's it. always the one that says it far more direct. I've been tiptoeing around it. Like I still carry the same fanny pack that's from Amazon that's $5.95. So, Listen, I finally... Like as in $5.95, like $5. Listen, I felt so bougie because I have like four knockoff Lululemon fanny packs and then I finally bought the real one and I was like, oh girl. Oh, I noticed. I'm like, oh, we got the real one now. She spent thirty nine dollars. I on mean, that. I I just bought Zara pants yesterday, and I had to clarify what the cost of them were because uh, yes, I bought the did. cheapest pair of pants in the store, I think. And I even Melissa complimented me, and I was like, thank you. They were forty dollars at Zara. Let me bring you the tag in case you want to buy it. Like, I'm like, okay, yeah, like. So I always just keep that in mind, at least personally for myself. Um, 
I don't take new clients on a daily basis anymore. And I know that that's also a topic that comes into yeah. play when it comes to pricing is your demand. Um, but with my price increases, I haven't had anybody break up with me yet. So I'm like, all right, I'm still not taking new clients. <laughs> but Melissa was on me for a while because I had emotionally discounted for a very long yes, time. Yes, she had. And she was really not with it and I'm she like, was right no. you need a melissa in your life if you're like me <laughs> <laughs> all right well i mean we're kind of drawing to a close with questions that were submitted so if yes. anyone is on and still has questions like please yeah i'm looking us. down at my phone to see if they come through by the way i don't want you to think i'm strangely looking <laughs> i don't even know what, what. <laughs> but um if not i mean we hope to do these like once a month-ish? Yeah, so we were just talking about our new goal because we're going to kind of start to structure a little bit differently. Um, even with like our like our branding moving forward, we are really enjoying that we're doing it from the house now. I think we've shared a few times that mm -hmm. we're neighbors. So <laughs> we just really like to be together. All <laughs> like, the time. <laughs> so uh, we've been recording at my house for the last little while, but Melissa's working on her office. So... <sighs> We'll probably start to be leaning more into her office at times too. And um, I don't know, like I feel like we like that it feels like a conversation. Yes. Like more than us just recording and talking, and it, talking to each, each other. other. Right, right. Like it. So I hope this is the beginning of kind of like a new routine because I'm excited about it. Yeah. So if you're not following our podcast page it is the beauty beast podcast on instagram yes so we oh, we did just get a question oh, okay. will this be left up as a replay um it will not be record like saved on my instagram um i might save it to my subscribers i'm not 100 percent sure yet i haven't fully decided but we are recording this Live, actively as we live yep. as we speak so it will be uploaded next week for the podcast yeah so this will be our episode for next week yes. so you'll have that for sure yes so and you'll always be able to go back to it on any of the podcast yes. sites you so use. we are on apple's apple podcast spotify, spotify and amazon and amazon mm -hmm. i think we're a couple other places Probably. Probably. We'll update that too. We're doing a lot of updates is, the, is what we're getting to. So, but yeah, like we want to go live more. We definitely want to have like more conversations. I think from the poll that I posted there, I think bartering services yes. was one that was also requested. So that oh, could be We won't fun. get into that too much, but we just talked to Allie about yes. that the other day. You were there yes. for that one. And we were like, don't do it. Yeah. Demi does my hair for free and, and I, I do her yeah. nails. We trade, but it's different because we're neighbors. I don't know. <laughs> and we're always together. We're doing exactly what we're saying not to do. Um, but um, yeah, so we're excited for like the changes that are coming down the pipeline. Yeah. For it's the happening. podcast. Yeah. For us. Yes. I'm moving yeah. away. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's why you painted your house? <laughs> I thought we were supposed to share fences. We're so toxic that, not toxic, this is a good thing, but we're trying to convince Melissa that we should put a gate in our backyard's fences when she fences her yard so we can walk to each other. That we can just connect our backyards. Yeah. Yeah. As if it's not enough that I'm five feet away from it and I stand at the edge of my yard. But, you know. Whatever. Anyway, we just really like each other. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So we will... 
catch you next time on yeah. live. Mm-hmm. If you have any questions, as always, you can feel free to DM us at the Beauty Beast podcast, which is the podcast page. Yes. You can DM me here. I am Nails by MLH. And, and you can DM me at uh, Demi.Miller.Montoya. Yep. <laughs> and we are always here. So we will catch you guys all next time. Thanks for tuning in. Yes. Thank you. <laughs>